Today's episode of the Goldcast is sponsored by the hope and the prayer that the 49ers get it done in this offseason, that we make some big moves, we take some big risks, and we do what's necessary to get to the postseason. I know everyone is chomping at the bit. Let's go. Now, before we talk about that, Raymond, why don't you let them know? Where can they find us? You can like us on Facebook.com slash The Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore goldcast you can also subscribe to us via itunes youtube and stitcher all under the same name the goldcast like subscribe and comment because we love to hear from you and it keeps the conversation going because we're very curious on what you think we're not the only people with opinions around here although we are the only ones who get to be on camera (laughs) sorry that's the rule no one else (laughs) that's the rule all right so we are going to talk about this Antonio drama, Antonio Brown drama that just will not go away. And then also just what our overall feelings are on the direction of the 49ers for the offseason. And then, of course, the All-Star break is over. We play the Sacramento Kings on Thursday. 25 games left before the NBA postseason begins. Let's go. We're going to talk about that as well. But before we do all that, of course... We got to drop the greatest podcast intro in the game. It's here, the Goldcast intro. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Goldcast. Boom. Welcome to another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Suisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Solis, the first baby. Boom. Let's go. All right, Raymond. Why don't you let them know what did you caught the tweet, Mr. Adam Schefter and Antonio Brown. Why don't you drop it for the Goldcast Nation in case they haven't already read it because we're about to talk about it. Well, Adam Schefter, the uh, news guru of the NFL, along with Ian Rappaport, tweeted this morning, Antonio Brown met with Art Rooney per source. We'll never know who that source is, and that's what really boggles my mind. Then Brown's agent Drew Rosenhaus joined the meeting, as did Steelers GM Kevin Colbert and exec Omar Khan. Meeting was cordial and, quote, everyone agreed the trade will be for the best, end quote, per source. The same unknown source. That's a splinter in my mind. Who is that? Who is that secret person? <laughs> see, see, the hard part, Raymond, the hard part is, is that I... You know, I know you're not a journalist, but the thing is, in journalism, you're actually your sources are closely guarded secrets and have been for the entirety of the life of journalism. They're they're coveted weapons in your journalistic arsenal that are always kept confidential. Giving up your sources is a very rare thing, and most of the time, never happens, and never has happened, and probably never will. There you have it. This is a this is a this is a hard reality to face. I don't know. I don't even know if I should continue recording tonight. I should just walk away and put this deep, deep just, contemplate this deeply, deeply. I wonder if they would lose their job if they were to say like, "Yeah, that was me. I'm the one that says that stuff all the time. I talk to Adam Schefter on a daily basis. He knows all of our secrets. I mean, you, you know, <laughs> I wonder if, if someone just decided to come out one of these days. It's like, yeah, that was me. 
I said all that shit. <laughs> Guilty. Guilty. Got right here. Right here. Paul? Paul from accounting? It was you? Yeah. 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 You know, he's a nice guy. Pockets give me 50 bucks every time I give him a tip. Works out. <laughs> it was Paul? Yeah, Paul. Nice guy, but can't keep his mouth shut to save his life. Poor guy. <laughs> Just never stops yapping that Paul. But yeah, so 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 that that's the deal we have now. It's kind of more official. It's out there. It's obviously, nobody came out and denied this. This was all you know. No one no one came and confirmed it. But I mean, it seems pretty legit. I I am inclined to believe it. Adam Schefter, you know, usually puts out. He usually doesn't put out fake news. He's usually, you know, spot on with everything he breaks. So this is really, you know, in other words. We don't really have to take this with a grain of salt. We can just kind of assume, especially considering all the circumstantial suggestive evidence that has come leading up to this point. I mean, this this is this has been a long time coming. We're just now kind of hearing the official word about it. So the question is, and this is on everyone's mind, is like, you know, no one's doubting that the 49ers should do this. It's just a question of whether they will, you know. And we obviously have the capital to do it, but... I'm just not sure about the picks, you know, because I know that we have a very highly sought after coveted position with a number two overall pick this year, but we only have five picks going into the draft this year. That is not a lot. And I know that the Niners are going to be thinking about trading back. That's obviously an option that's on the table, trading back to get more picks. You know, they want more picks because they want more talent to feed into the system so they can, you know, solidify their chances for not only winning now, but winning for the future and developing young talent that deserves to be developed and especially within the Kyle Shanahan system. It's just a question of do we give up that number two pick or do we give up future picks with an existing player and package that in? And that how if we do make an offer, will it include, you know, some of our picks this year? Because I feel like. We're not in a big position. We don't have a lot of bargaining chips for the draft already as it is. So do we pass, do we include in that package future picks for next year? I think that would be the, that if that, if that was feasible, if that was going to be deemed acceptable to Pittsburgh, then that's what I would shoot for if I was the 49ers. I don't. I wouldn't give up that number two pick. I really feel like we need that to either get. If we knew that we were going to move back only a couple positions, like we did with Chicago, we moved. A, we didn't move very far back, and we still got the guy that we wanted. If we can do something like that and still get a Josh Allen or a or a Quillen Williams or a Nick Bosa, then I think it's okay. But at the same time, I just feel like we don't have a lot of, to play with right now. So here's the question. Here's the real question I'm wondering with the 49ers. Do they go the Rams route? And what I mean by that is do they go and grab the Antonio Browns of the world, the Le'Veon Bells of the world, and essentially do what the Rams did last year but for an offense? Do they build some high-powered offense that's led by former Steelers Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell? Add those weapons to already, you know, to the Marquise Goodwins and the Matt Bredas and Jimmy Garoppolo and kind of just build a star-studded offense in what has become a really offensive-minded league. Do we go the Kansas City Chiefs route? We keep that second pick and we grab, obviously, there's so much momentum. And the more the more I'm listening, there is more and more momentum heading in the direction of Josh Allen. 
people re- people in the 49er brass, like uh, articles I'm reading, podcasts I'm listening to, everyone really seems to want Josh Allen to be in the red and gold. So I'm just wondering if that's the route. Do we, can we, is it possible to kind of do a mini version of the Rams route and grab Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown? I don't know if we can afford both. We can, I think financially, we could we could possibly afford both on on maybe one to two year flyers, but is that is that is that even a viable option for us? And is that something that maybe is the smartest route to do in 2019? Because I feel like while there is no there is no impetus or drive to get rid of Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, I don't think so at all. I think Jed York, I think they're happy with him. I think most people can agree that these guys are working hard and Shanahan is is amazing. You know, there's a there's a technical term that we like to use sometimes where we come from. He's he's what we call a G. He's a G. And so Kyle Shanahan is a G. He's very good at his job. But there is definitely I feel like there is a sense of pressure and anxiety over getting past this hump. We need to get past this hump. We need to start living up to the potential of this 49er franchise because everyone seems to love the potential of the 49ers. Everyone, we're every offseason, last season and this season again, we're becoming the media darlings of the offseason. We're winning the offseason. But the Niners have got to prove it on the field. And we have to prove it this year. I think there's a lot of pressure to have a winning season, a lot of pressure to at least make it into the wild card. And here's the thing. The NFC West is only getting tougher. I would say tougher, quote unquote. The NFC West has been tough this entire decade. We've sent three different teams to the Super Bowl. We've sent all four teams to the NFC Championship. This is a a tough division. Tough, tough division. Three different teams have gone to the Super Bowl. Three from this division. In the same decade, all have been to NFC championships, multiple NFC championships for several of us. This is no joke. Like this is, you think about this, five NFC championships between the Seahawks and the 49ers alone. That's half the decade. Half the decade was dominated by two teams. So it just goes to show you this. Everyone's saying, well, the NFC is only getting tougher. It's been tough. Went through a little bit of a dip. And then guess what? The Rams picked it right up. We had that one dip in the middle right before... Uh, Jeff Fisher's last year and before Sean McVay took over the Rams. I believe that was 2015, 2016. They're all starting to blur together. We're, we're almost done with this decade as we, as we speak anyways. But it is a very difficult division, again, per the usual. It's been tough the whole decade. And we have our work stacked against us. We now have to get through Seattle to get to that wild card spot. People thought Seattle, people thought they were just laying down and rebuilding last year, and they didn't. They weren't planning on rebuilding. That wasn't the plan. Their plan was to get back to the playoffs, and they succeeded. The 49ers now have to take second in the division to even have a chance at the wild card slot, and that's not even a guarantee. Getting second doesn't guarantee that you're going to get a wild card slot. That's not guaranteed. You're still competing with three other divisions. So I think the 49ers, the, the pressure is on to make some big moves and to really make this happen. I don't think their jobs are on the line, Shanahan's and Lynch's, but the pressure for them to succeed and show that this team is capable of at least getting to a winning season and competing for the wild card and maybe landing in second place of division, that needs to happen this season. 
What do you think when I say that? Yes, I totally agree. And we've talked about this a couple times. And, you know, I don't think anyone is ready to put Shanahan and Lynch on the hot seat. Everyone understands that there were very extenuating circumstances that led to all of the struggles the past two seasons, the injuries being the number one source of that. We're talking about nearly over almost 40 players on the IR between the last two seasons. That's almost, you're getting pretty close to a a 53-man roster is 53 men, 46 dress. You've injured almost 80% of that of that of that roster that you cannot perform in the NFL if you're having that many guys on the IR back-to-back seasons combined so I think that I don't think we need to go to complete Rams route the Rams was like they're they're buying they're they were their that whole strategy is to buy one Super Bowl that's a strategy to buy one Super Bowl and Shanahan and Lynch were very clear that they're not in this for short-term Super Bowl wins. They're in this for long-term multiple Super Bowl wins. In other words, without, without they didn't directly say this, but to paraphrase, they're trying to build a dynasty, not just a, a, a one-stop shop. That's, the Ram, that's what I think the Rams are doing. That's because a lot of those guys are on short-term contracts. They bought four marquee defenders to put on that defense to shore up what they believed was the primary issue that was holding them back from going deeper into the playoffs. And they, they broke the bank, you know, I mean, the banks, they obviously have money. They, they have some cap room, but they spent a lot of money on four big time players and none of them outside of Aaron Donald really lived up to their, their previous resume. So I don't think we need to go out and get four marquee players like that. But even just one Antonio Brown, just one marquee player, I think, is a step in the right direction. Even one of those. One of those is good. You don't need to get four or five. You need to get one or two on each side of the football. And then, like you did a Richard Sherman, that's a really good example. And then you supplement through the draft and through you know cheaper free agents. And then you kind of build that way because it's a collective unit, you know. Obviously, when you buy all-stars, it doesn't always work out. We can look to the Philadelphia team that, that bought all those players that didn't do much with it. Although in the Rams' case, they actually made it to the Super Bowl. They lived up to the end goal that they were obviously striving for. They reached the Super Bowl. They obviously didn't win the Super Bowl, but they came pretty darn close to it within you know two possessions, one possession. So... Do I think the Niners need to duplicate that exact strategy? Absolutely not. In fact, they won't because that's not what Shanahan and Lynch have talked about. They've talked about doing it, doing things a little bit in more of a long-term strategy versus a short-term rent an all-star type of strategy for just a, a Super Bowl or a bus season. I don't like that strategy either. To be honest, I, That's why I always reference the Philadelphia Eagles when I think of the Rams because that's exactly what the Eagles did and it didn't work out. Uh, obviously we have an exception with the Rams, but at the same time, that's not a long-term solution. They're going to have to deal with contracts coming up um, next season and the following season. And I don't know if they're going to be able to sustain all of those players. You can't sustain that many good players. The entire offensive line, they're all free agents by 2020 for the LA Rams. The whole line. So there you go. And I agreed. It bottomed their one Super Bowl. The... Defense. They they hired that defense to get to the Super Bowl. They got to the Super Bowl. That defense held them held the New England Patriots to 13 points. And unfortunately, that offense uh, didn't really do anything. So there you go. 
there, there it is. But the defense lived up to it. The defense did its job. Unfortunately, the offense and Sean McVay did not. But yes, I do think we the the hot seat and the impetus and the onus is on the 49ers to deliver a winning season and at least compete for the wild card. I think if they got to eight and eight or got ten and six, nine and seven, any any three of those would we would be over the moon at this point. We really would be. Even without a playoff appearance, we would be over the moon. We'd be like, here it comes, here's the building, this is the start. And then we build upon that. I agree. You're absolutely right, Raymond. The 49ers are trying to build a long-lasting legacy. You know, Shanahan has recently been in the press, has been compared to Bill Belichick a lot as being the closest thing we have out there. I do agree that no matter what team he has, no matter who he's going up against, he is capable of scheming that offense. Again, though, the big question is the defense. And I'm with you. I agree with what you said. We cannot give up that second-round pick. We need that pick. That pick is vital. That pick is Nick Bosa or Josh Allen. That's what that pick is, and we need one of those two guys. We need a player that hopefully is transcendental that can start day one and turn that defense around and deliver. If Buckner has a second pass rusher to match with him, I mean, can you imagine what that's going to put that defense, where it's going to put them at, the kind of opportunities we're going to have then defensively if we can finally make a sack? So this this is this is definitely huge. This is a big part. I agree with you. The, the second round, the, our first round pick, the second pick of the draft cannot be given up at any cost. But what do we do with the rest? And is it possible to grab a Le'Veon Bell or an Antonio Brown? Now, the other trade rumor that's going around right now, I want to get your thoughts on real quick before we jump to our next subject. But the other one is OBJ. Right. OBJ has been linked to some 49er talk and a possible trade rumors. He's younger, a bit more dramatic. My issue with him is his health. He's been injured a lot the last several years. And I I don't know. I just feel like while he still is really, really good, I'm just concerned about his overall physical longevity. What do you think about OBJ possibly coming to the point. I mean, he did have that significant injury and he's played last, you know, he, he had a shortened season in 2017, you know, only playing a quarter of the season two four games, two starts, but the guy's gotten over a thousand yards and every season he's played outside of that. And he's only played five seasons. So he's obviously a lot younger, meaning your upside is greater. And the type of injury he had, he can come back from that more. And he's also got a aging quarterback who's really only had a couple of, you know, good seasons that have led to championships. But outside of that, he's been really subpar and average. You know, Eli Manning is an average quarterback. He's not even remotely close to as good as his brother. And OBJ has still managed to output this type of production with that type of quarterback. 1,300 yards in his rookie season, 1,450 in his second season, 1,367 in his third season, 12 touchdowns his first season, 13 touchdowns his second season, 10 touchdowns his third season. This guy's going to get you a score every other game, looks like, if not more. I mean, almost 16. So the guy's production is obviously off the charts. He had 1,052 yards this past season. He had six touchdowns this past season. And that was with a disgruntled Giants offense. That's not even a good Giants offense. So imagine what he would do in a Kyle Shanahan system. 
with a Jimmy Garoppolo who has a better arm, who can arguably has a much quicker release too, and can and understands route you know route reading and and ball placement just as well as Eli Manning has the potential to even be a much better passer than Eli Manning has ever been in his career. So I think that's great. The question is, will they pull the tires? I mean, there's not a whole lot of rumor mills going around about OBJ not re-signing you know or him wanting out or anything like that i think he's there all of this seems to be antonio brown's way but antonio brown is also generating a lot of this dramatization and this hoopla whereas obj the obj camp is very very quiet and but i mean there's some people that think you know he could be he could be a real possibility for the 49ers. It just depends on if the right deal presents itself, you know, will the giants take it? I think either way, both teams will ask for a lot. OBJ will require a high draft pick, such as our number one second overall pick or something close to that, because he's a lot younger. Antonio Brown's going to be 31. OBJ OBJ is uh, in his twenties. So, there's still a lot of room left for OBJ to kind of really solidify and, you know, carve out his career. He's gone to the Pro Bowl three out of the five years he's played. So we know that he's very, he's, he's been a firecracker ever since he got into the league. I think he's a little immature. There's, I, I prefer Antonio Brown's attitude over Odell Beckham Jr.'s attitude. You know, the, the, you know, getting injured by punching things in the sideline because you're mad, you know, not, not even, even Terrell Owens wasn't that moronic with his behavior patterns as, as to put his own, his own, uh, his own body in jeopardy. So that's the only thing I don't like about him. I feel like Antonio Brown is old enough. And even though Antonio Brown has got some antics behind his attitude too, none of it has ever led to anything super controversial on or off the field. It's, it's been you know, pretty good for the most part. Wide receivers are divas naturally. That's just how the, the that position has played out historically, more so since the uh, Terrell Owens era. But uh, is obviously a very common theme with wide receivers. They're they're very, I don't know. They they garner a lot of attention, and naturally they have a lot of narcissistic characteristics about them. OBJ just happens to accentuate those more than any of the other top receivers in the league. And it just kind of kind of rubs me the wrong way. But I recognize the fact that he's younger and so he has more upside. But at the same time, because of that, because of having said that, it's going to come at a higher price. And I'm not sure if the Niners can afford it right now, especially with only five draft picks. Same, It's a similar dilemma to, OB, to Antonio Brown. But I think Antonio Brown, because he's older, you can get away you can actually i think that it's more it's feasible to have a future pick in that offer than it would be for OBJ. OBJ I feel like he would the Giants would want a first round draft pick now versus one later. Whereas Steelers I think you can kind of finagle your way especially if you like include a player like hey we'll give you this player too. We'll give you this player some cash or a couple future draft picks and we'll be good. I think that can work. It's just a question of whether, you know, the Niners do it. I think the Niners are going to make an offer, to be quite honest. I think they will. For Antonio Brown? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they've made offers before, and that's been public 
you know, we made an offer for Khalil Mack. It was similar to what Chicago offered, but in the end, they chose they chose Chicago over us. So they obviously recognize the value, and obviously have we have enough bargaining chips for for an Antonio Brown, and obviously felt like felt confident enough to make a pat to make a pass at Khalil Mack, despite only having five draft picks. So you know, um, don't be surprised if you know. We throw our cards on the table. It's just a matter of whether we get chosen or not. That's the trick. It's just a matter of whether or not we get chosen. I would love to see Antonio Brown in a 49ers uniform. It seems like every week we're having similar conversations. It's just a matter of whether or not the trigger is going to get pulled. I wouldn't be surprised that if it does get pulled, that and if there is a trade, that uh, Goodell makes them wait and announce it at the NFL draft. You know, they often will like if the people are going to make if they're going to make trades, oftentimes, sometimes these decisions are made before the draft even begins, but they're told not to reveal who they're picking or what the draft picks are going to what, you know, what trades are going to happen so that you can keep the tension and the drama of the NFL draft itself. So if it's going to happen, it's they're not going to I don't think they're going to announce it before the NFL draft. They will announce it at the NFL draft that the 49ers have traded the second second round pick of the draft to the Pittsburgh Steelers for Antonio Brown. And even though maybe they'll know three weeks ahead of time, they're not going to announce it till then. So that's my, that would be my, really? yes, that that's happened before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that'd be my sneaking suspicion if, as to why we're not hearing it before. I would love to hear it before, but that's why I think we won't. I th- I think it would be, I think it, I think if it does happen, it'll be announced before. That's my, that's my prediction. If, if it does happen. I think it'll come. Before Ooh, so what say you, Goldcast faithful, Goldcast Nation? Do you think Antonio Brown will be traded before the draft, at the draft, or after the draft? Let us know. Sound off in the comments over on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook or let us know directly. There's actually, you have many options. We get, we get comments from so many different directions. We have people commenting to us on YouTube, people commenting on our Instagram feeds, people commenting on Twitter. It's like, we kind of just collect all of your comments from many different areas. Thank you very much. We really appreciate all the interaction. Please keep it up. We love talking to you guys. It's great. Okay. So Raymond, the all-star break is coming to an end. It is. Thursday night. Is. Yep. yep. Thursday night. The, the the game has the game has passed. The game has passed. It's done. Thursday night, the Kings and the Warriors go at it. There are twenty five games left in the regular season. Let's go. Let's go. Alright, so check this out. Here's the thing. Last season I was so scared. Because the Warriors were really up and down, they were exhausted. They admitted it. They were, you know, they were they were run down. This team is on fire, not fire, fire. They are on fire. That's despite losing their most recent game. Despite losing their most recent game to the Portland Trailblazers, yeah, I still believe I I agree with you. I think they're hot. Despite the lot the last loss they took, which was a bad loss, they're still very hot. They brought in Boogie Cousins to kind of give him that spark. They brought in a new guy. 
which is something they, they hadn't done the year before. They kind of just ran it back. They ran it back again this year. They did the opposite. They got a new guy to fire up and give them that spark, and he's given them that. They are on fire. Here's the question, Raymond. Should I be worried? Am I overconfident right now? Am I not? Is there a corner I'm not looking around properly? Are, last year, I was terrified, and we won. Now I'm confident. Does this mean we lose? What's this mean? What do you think? I think the Warriors look very solid. I think they look, now that they're healthy and they've gotten over some early psychological drama, I feel like they're all playing as a unit and they're kind of focused and they're not overextending themselves and draining them. They're kind of just playing solid basketball amongst each other. And that's reflected. I mean, this is a team that had a losing road record earlier in the season and now they're 19 and 9 on the road and that is actually the best road record in the west and that is um, only the that is the second best road record in the entire association only second to the milwaukee bucks who obviously have the best record in the entire nba at 43 and 14 but the uh the warriors are right there at 41 and 16 they're home they're 22 and 7 at home there's other teams that have better records than that. That's that's like it's still a top five record for a home record um, between both conferences. They're about top top ten, and they've only lost one game. They're eight and two in their last ten, so they're definitely on a streak. They've they had a huge monster streak of eleven games, which is awesome. I expect them to have another long streak within this next stretch of twenty three games. They're going to have another one, and then. Then you're going to see them maybe get a little antsy before the playoffs, and then, boom, they're going to turn it on. That kind of seems to be their pattern as of late, is kind of drop a game or two. It looks like they're stumbling into the playoffs, but really it's not. It's just them kind of getting antsy and kind of like, oh, my God, can we be over this part of the season so we can get to the real season, the 16-game season that matters more than any other game in the regular season? So that that is... That's what I predict happening, and that's going to be a treat. I know the Denver Nuggets are only two games behind them, and they're they're close, but I don't really see them catching the Warriors unless the Warriors were to go on some dismal losing streak that would include the Denver Nuggets in there. I don't see that happening. Obviously, I don't see Oklahoma City Thunder catching them anytime soon. I know we recently lost to the Trail Blazers, but the Trail Blazers are typically you know a f- five through three seed. And even then, they're just, they've they've got one of the better you know backcourts in the association, but never good enough to really go deep into the playoffs. I mean, last season they were the third seed and they lost to the uh, what's their names, the Pelicans, who was like who was I think the eighth or sixth seed that year. They were they were down to the bottom, so and they got wiped out in the first round. So. Portland, even though I like Damian Lillard, who's a Bay Area native, you can just you just can't trust them. They don't have enough depth to trust into the playoffs. But I mean, that's a conversation for a different cast because we're not quite there yet. But the Warriors are staying steady in first place, and um, it doesn't really matter what record exists in the East as long as we have that number one seed going into the playoffs. I think. That'll be great. Obviously, that's a goal of theirs, and I think that they're going to fulfill that goal. I think there'll only be some really minor stumbles between now and the playoffs, and I expect another big streak to come. 
I expect another big streak too. I agree with you. I have the same exact feeling. I think we'll get another 7 to maybe 7 to 12 game win streak somewhere in there. I'd say we're going to get another big one for sure. And I'm confident. I'm really confident this year. I'm super excited. The team seems like they're having fun. They they look fresh. They don't look burnt. I mean, they looked so burnt last year. They looked nothing like they did last year. And last year, they did really well and pulled off a couple incredible series. That series against the Rockets was ridiculous. I was really confident. We're going back a little bit. But I was really confident in Game 7. There was never a moment where I thought we were going to lose. I thought we had it. There was no doubt in my mind. But I feel like that same confidence going into the post I just don't want to get cocky because, you know, as a fan, you get a little cocky and then that's when something goes down and you're like, wow, this all yeah, just Yeah, even as a quickly. fan, you like – because superstition is very prominent in sports and sports culture, not only amongst the players but also amongst the fans. And although, to be fair, there's plenty of fans that run their mouths on, on our side of the court and as well as the other sides too. So those fans exist, but for – for the gold cast as Warrior fans, I don't like to really jump the gun. Um, not until the fat lady has sung. Then we can jump the gun all we want until the start of this, the following season. You get you earn those bragging rights. That's how it works. So, um, but yeah, I, I feel the same way. Like uh, like all right, we're we're there. We're steady. All we just need to do is stay the course. I feel like that's where, where the Warriors are right now. That all they need to do is stay the course. They don't have to do anything fancy or anything out of the ordinary. Just stay healthy, stay the course, keep doing your thing. Don't f this up. Yes, that's all you got to do. Also, I'll tell you the part I'm most excited about. This guaranteed guaranteed that if the Warriors go to the finals, this will be the first year they don't have to play LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Thank you, heaven. Thank you. Also, doesn't even look like the LeBron-led Los Angeles Lakers are even going to make it. I think they will. I think he's going to drag this team down to the AC. They're only back by two or three games. Not super worried about them. I don't care. I would love nothing more than to rip their hearts out for the first round of the playoffs. That would make me so happy. But it doesn't look like it. He he. LeBron was hurt for the first actual time this time. You know, he was actually genuinely hurt, which we hadn't really seen ever in his career. But yeah, not. I I don't. Maybe if he never got hurt, they 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 would be hovering somewhere between the eighth and the fifth seed. But it has not been in the books. And I'll be honest, I really just don't want them to go. That would actually be my my gift to myself. I yeah. Uh, I don't. I think that was even me that said that they weren't going to make the playoffs. I'd have to go back. I don't know if any of our fans keep track of those of our of our, you know outspoken bet hot or hot take bets but uh i don't i don't think i don't think i had them even getting into the playoffs this year because i felt like that team not even a a lebron could turn them around although to be fair he did turn around a a very losing cleveland cavaliers team but they had a superstar in the making there uh with uh kyrie irving so and tristan thompson wasn't a bad center back then either but i mean the lakers lost their last game their one game below 500 you know, I don't necessarily. They have a really tough schedule, Rudy. You mentioned that um, earlier, um, off air, that they have one of the tougher schedules going into this latter half of the season. Fourth hardest, fourth hardest schedule. Yeah, 
Yeah, and LeBron James is not a hundred percent right now. Um, I I do believe in his ability to recover. I mean, clearly he's. I mean, look, I say that, but he had twenty eight points, forty three minutes in his last game. So that's very. Those are LeBron. You know, that's LeBron minutes, and those are LeBron points. So clearly he's not that injured. But in my eyes, in my biased mind, I'm like, well, that's still that type of injury. That's something that could possibly come up again if he overexerts himself, especially in this home stretch. If they if they start to get to a point where they're fighting for that last spot and they're not comfortable in a in a and haven't clinched, then there's then there's an opportunity where they might be playing more desperate ball down the stretch and he could re-aggravate an injury because he's getting to that point where he's no longer Superman. He's no longer just absorbing everything and just being indestructible. He's finally stretched something out and pulled something and it took him out for a few weeks and that very same thing can happen again if he starts to exert starts to go play, you know, I've and starts to carry the team, starts to play the carry for a game in and game out. Something like that could very easily happen. We know so, you know, keep your eye out for that. You know, if if the Lakers get desperate, that puts LeBron in a more vulnerable position now at 34 years of age, especially considering the fact that he's had, you know, his first major injury in years, you know, since like what, like a sprained ankle before that. We will see. I cannot wait. We hope you can't either. Let us know. How many games do you think the Warriors are going to win in this final stretch? Let us know what you think. Sound off in the comments and on our various places. Now, Raymond, before we go, why don't you let them know? Where can they find you? You can follow me at twitter.com at RaySolice, and you can also follow me on Instagram where some of our fans follow me and feed me news directly. Uh, at Ray Solis one You can also follow me on Twitter at Rudy Solis 3RD, Rudy Solis 3rd, and Instagram at Rudy Solis 3. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the Boys of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis the 3rd, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Solis the 1st, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time. Same Gold Cast channel. This is, this is the Gold Cast.